The well-known journalist Tony Purcell has passed away and you would have seen coverage uh, on Live 95's website and uh, on Live 95 in general over the weekend of uh, that uh, he was 78 and uh, passed away after a short illness, lived in Gouldevoher in Dora Doyle and uh, well-known for his time, particularly with the Irish Examiner, although he also worked for a decade with the Limerick Leader and Eugene Phelan, former editor of the Limerick Leader, knew him well over the years and is on the line now. Good morning, Eugene. Uh, good morning, Joe. How are things there in Limerick? Not too bad at all. So, Eugene, um, in terms of Tony, I mean, you, uh, in some of your tributes over the weekend, talked about the fact that he was always on during his career. I mean, diligent, to put it mildly. <laughs> yes, indeed, he was. And, and you know Tony well. I don't think Tony ever took a day off. Um, he was just one of these people. Uh, he was like a rub- the, the little the bunny that never stops going, you know. And um, Tony was 78 when he died. So he started um, his journalism career when he was in the late 60s, early 70s in Limerick. And um, many people mightn't remember it then, but it was a completely different time. Um, he, he worked for the leader first, and then he joined the Examiner. Now, the, the, the Cork Examiner, as it was then, the Irish Press and the Irish Independent, they all had offices in Limerick. You know, um, the Irish Press were there in David Street near the, uh, the, the, the railway station. The, the, the Cork Examiner were in Catherine Street, and the Irish Independent were in, um, were in O'Connell Street, not too far down from the Limerick leader. But it was a completely different time. You know, you didn't have mobile phones. Uh, people used typewriters, and, um, the, you know, the, the main way of communication was at the old phone line, you know, which oftentimes you'd have to use a, a telephone operator, you know, but um, what, on, on your question I, I remember one funny story about Tony, um, he was such a lovely man, but uh, he could, he would he found it hard to relax and he was always afraid of missing a story, you know, and um, I remember playing golf with him out in Limerick one day and after nine holes, he says, I have to leave now for a minute and he'd go up into the reception in the golf club and the, inside of the bar and he said Tony Purcell here, just checking, was there any phone calls for me? Um, he was just always on edge. You know, in those days, it was very hard to contact people and things could happen and you wouldn't know about them. So he was always working. Um, his good friend, Cormac Liddy, who worked in the Limerick Leader, um, Cormac would cover for him every now and then. He, he was called a stringer, you know, a person would, would work for somebody else. But in those days, you'd remember the great Arthur Quinlan from the Irish Times and Noel Smith and... Uh, Michael Walsh, who's still living out in Crewe, who's with RTE, and later then Cathy, of course, Cathy Helen came in, and uh, you'd Brian McLaughlin. And, of course, I'd have to mention uh, Kieran Clancy. Kieran Clancy was an absolutely fantastic photographer, and Kieran and um, Tony would do all the jobs together. In those days, it was not normal enough for uh, a, a, a reporter to have a photographer with him most of the times because you needed a photographer. And again, in those days, um, you know, Kieran would take his photographs and there would be a van going up and down from Limerick to Cork and they'd send up and down the photographs. And uh, it was it's such, a, such a different time. I mean, young journalists now don't, don't understand how easy they have it. You know, you know using typewriters and, uh, uh, you know, no mobile phones, no way of... Of, of course, shorthand is... Um, I, I mentioned Tony shorthand. Like, his shorthand was absolutely, incredibly good. Um, he, he could, you know, he could write down... As, as you spoke, he could take verbatim every word that was said. So, you know, in court, you'd need this in court and in council meetings and everything. So he, 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 was, he, was, he was brilliant that way, yeah. And the thing is, Eugene, I mean, during his career in the region, you know, he would have covered many huge stories, wouldn't he? I mean, things like uh, the kidnapping of Tita Herrema, visits of US presidents uh, and lots more. 
That's right, yeah. yeah the, the, the Tita Herrimer kidnapping, of course, was one of the biggest stories. Um, that was in 1970. Hopefully I'm this right now. I think it's 1975, October. Actually, in fairness, Cormac Liddy got that story first and the word got out. And I remember Bernard Carey, who was news editor, then being on RT. It was a huge thing at the time. But at those times, um, that went on for months. And you'd be, you know, Tony would be one of those people. He'd be ringing the guards every two or three hours to see was the renting. There was no formal press conference. Yeah, there was later on press press conferences but normally in those days you just knew everybody knew everybody and you kept in contact and uh, Tony uh, Shannon Airport was always a big part of any uh, journalist life in Limerick and um, Limerick and Clare because out of a whim somebody would arrive some US president on his way to somewhere could be stopping off or some Russian leader or whatever and uh, you know everybody would kind of work together and say listen we got a call and everybody threw yeah. out to Shannon and um, in those days then again um you know, note, uh, having a good short-term note is very important. And, like, the lads worked, as you probably remember, they, they worked together a bit because um, you, there was no taping devices. And unless Michael Walsh was there recording, there wouldn't have been anybody else. So the lads would kind of work. They, they would all take their note and they'd go back together to make to confirm exactly what the person said. And then they may they would kind of do out uh, somebody like Tony would type it all out and they'd, they'd agree that this is exactly what the man said. And then they'd do their own story and send it off. Sure. And, yeah, um, there was camaraderie, and wasn't there? Yeah. There was, and and if, you, if you missed your kind of... Uh, your bus to Dublin or your bus to Cork, you then used what were copy takers and there was, you'd ring in the copy and that was normal enough. But Tony would do, he could do, they might not be used, he could, sometimes he'd do five and six stories a day, you know, and um, he gave great service um, to the, to, to the Irish Examiner and to the Limerick leader from, um, you know, because he covered everything. He did the courts, he did council meetings, he'd go to everything, you know, and he covered things and regularly in those days then ministers would come to Limerick often on a Friday, to announce this, that and the other. And um, as I mentioned before, he, he and the Limerick Inn was huge, and now the Radisson Hotel, um, they used to have national conferences there all the time. So uh, ministers and political party leaders would be coming to Limerick a lot, and there would be a lot of press conferences and a lot of work to be done. And it was a totally different time, and it was, uh, it was a great time to be in journalism as well, even though it was a bit more difficult. And, but, and, and Eugene, I mean, Tony was uh, well-known for his kindness to journalists coming up. He was well-known for his involvement in Gary Owen uh, Rugby Football Club, of course. You mentioned um, golf as well. And, and he, he did seem to enjoy retirement, didn't he? He did indeed, and um, I, I, I uh, didn't live too far from him. Um, he lived in Gould of Oher, and you'd see him regularly out in the evenings. Um, he, he loved his dog. Um, I'll tell you a funny story about his dog, actually, and Tony. Tony loved his dog almost as much as he loved Ailish, his wife. But Tony, um, Tony got a stroke about two years ago, and um, it, wasn't, it wasn't a very serious one. It was, and he was over in St. Camillus's, and... Um, which are brilliant if you're ever in the stroke unit there. It's absolutely fantastic. The nurses are brilliant. I know quite a few of them. They're, they're brilliant people. But he was missing the dog so much anyway. But, of course, there, weren't, there was no way they were going to allow the dog to come in and visit Tony, you know. But uh, anyway, they came to a compromise and uh, they brought the t- dog down to the car park and Tony um, was allowed out to the window to shout down to the dog and the dog was barking back up at Tony. And uh, it was a very funny, funny incident at the time. And, they, you know, all the people who were watching they were saying and they could see the love the dog had for Tony and Tony for the dog and the dog was still alive. Anyway. Yeah, but, um, okay. you know... Uh, well, well, listen, th- thank you, Eugene Feeding, for that lovely tribute to the late no. Tony Purcell. And, and uh, are, you, are yeah. you enjoying retirement yourself, Eugene? I'm, I'm, I've, I've moved down to Lahinch and I'm enjoying it and um, as I look out now I'm looking out onto the sea and it's, uh, it's, it's going to be a nice day down here 
later on, I'm told. But we've had bad weather like everywhere else for the last few weeks. But uh, yeah. hopefully now, you know, the, the Mar- we're into, nearly into March and the, hopefully when the clocks go back and everything, you know, we can all enjoy life. Very good. Uh, very good more. Okay, well, listen, thank you very much, former editor of the Limerick Leader, Eugene Phelan, for paying tribute to his friend, uh, Tony Purcell, uh, of the Limerick Leader and the Irish Examiner, and so well known as a journalist uh, down the decades in this region and uh, survived, uh, as uh, Eugene mentioned, by his wife, Ailish, and uh, his daughters, grandchildren, other relatives and uh, uh, friends, and reposing at Griffin's Funeral Home in Johnsgate this evening from 5 to 6.30, and then the funeral is arriving at St. Paul's Church in Dora Doyle uh, tomorrow for 11 a.m. Mass with burial afterwards in Castle Mungard Cemetery in Mungard and may Tony Purcell rest in peace Your views Your news Your Limerick Today with Joe Nash